You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Apache struts bug bites in Canada. FireEye sees financial cybercrime approaching state espionage exploits and sophistication. The U.S. Air Force leaves sensitive personal information exposed in a backup database. Investigation into WikiLeaks' Vault 7 continues. Okta files for its IPO. And today is Patch Tuesday. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, March 14th, 2017. The Apache struts vulnerability we've been hearing about, it's now patched by the way, bit two Canadian government agencies last week, Statistics Canada and the Canada Revenue Agency. Unknown attackers hit Statistics Canada at midweek, exploiting the bug in the open source framework used for building web applications. That took out Statistics Canada on the 8th and 9th. Over the weekend, the Canada Revenue Agency took its own portal offline to remediate the Apache Struts vulnerability. Neither Statistics Canada nor the Canada Revenue Agency believe any sensitive information was compromised. Various vendors are expected to address the Apache Struts issue for their own products this week. Cisco and VMware have already indicated that they're in the process of doing so. FireEye has released its 2017 M-Trends report on attacks and vulnerabilities. The report offers the breakdown FireEye's Mandiant unit is accustomed to providing, discussing trends by both geographic region and economic sector. The executive summary notes, unsurprisingly, that cyber attacks show increasing sophistication and that such advances in complexity and effectiveness have been led by nation-state security and espionage services. In the financial sector, however, criminal attackers have in many respects caught up to the point at which the criminals are difficult to distinguish from the intelligence operations. As the report puts it, quote, some financial threat actors have caught up to the point where we no longer see the lines separating the two, end quote. The CyberEdge Group has issued a report on ransomware. It's a look back at 2016, and it found that a third of the organizations hit by ransomware paid up to recover their data. A bit more than half, 54%, refused to pay and recovered their data on their own. Some 13% declined to pay and lost their data. Most industry observers advise a mix of education and regular secure backup as the best defense against ransomware. Not all backups are necessarily equal, however. As Plixer CEO Michael Patterson observed to us, quote, sometimes ransomware can lock up cloud-based backups that are persistently synchronizing data, end quote. 
Turning to Vault 7, the WikiLeaks dump of apparent CIA documents we've been following since last week, there's an emerging consensus that the leaks probably came from a CIA insider. It will be some time before investigations are complete, and some time after that before the results are made public. But there's a new disclosed compromise of U.S. Air Force information that might give one pause before buying too uncritically into this quite plausible explanation. And the Air Force case also has something to teach about ransomware defenses, since it illustrates how backups can bite back. In this latest incident, the Air Force is reported to have inadvertently exposed a very large set of sensitive documents, largely SF-86 security questionnaires, that contain personal information about at least 4,000 officers. Sure, you'll say, this is chicken feed compared to the 22 million and change similarly affected by 2014's breach of the Office of Personnel Management, and relatively speaking, numerical chicken feed it may be. But the Air Force data exposure seems unusually exasperating because it's self-inflicted. The data was exposed in a misconfigured backup database that wasn't even protected by a password. By all means, back up your data. But heavens to Murgatroyd, don't hang them out there for all the world to poke through. It's fair to say that cyber insurance is an area undergoing rapid evolution, as both buyers and sellers work to understand what needs to be covered and how to price it. Deloitte and Touche recently released a report titled Demystifying Cyber Insurance Coverage. Adam Thomas is a principal at Deloitte and Touche and one of the report's co-authors. If you're talking to a board member who's asked their team to go look at getting cyber insurance, who maybe doesn't fully understand all the nuance of the cyber issue, and their team goes out and gets cyber insurance, they kind of feel in maybe a false way that they're secure or they've got some protection in place, right? But I think what we're really seeing is there's a little bit of adjustment that's happening in the market. You know, what the insurance companies have brought to the market over the last seven, eight years, companies are realizing that on the buy side that it's maybe not what they need. And I'll say that, you know, because of that, the gap is widening. But at the same time, you know, as we spent time with the insurance community and the insurers in particularly, as we wrote this paper, they, they understand the market's changing, right? And they're looking for ways they can get comfortable taking some of these newer types of coverage to the market or potentially expanding existing policies that they have in the market. So, for example, it's not uncommon for a customer to purchase a business interruption policy or for a customer to purchase a product liability policy. They do that today. What they're trying to resolve is, in the event I have a product liability claim that stems from a cyber incident, is that something that gets covered under my traditional product liability policy, or is a new policy and or form of endorsement required? You know, I think what we're going to see is the market's going to adjust in terms of where organizations have purchased cyber insurance traditionally versus where they buy going forward as the level of sophistication amongst the buyer and the insurance provider um, increases. Um, where I think there's an opportunity in the market, and I think the broker community in particular is recognizing this, is you know the, the broker community can play a much more proactive role at helping insurers uh, and their customers really fit the right set of policies into their into the mix, considering the total cost of risk management associated with the cyber problem that a given insured. That's Adam Thomas from Deloitte and Touche. You can check out the entire report, Demystifying Cyber Insurance Coverage, on Deloitte's website. 
Taking a quick look at our events calendar for a couple of events worthy of your consideration. On March 22nd, join Threat Connect for a webinar on finding what size threat intelligence fits your enterprise. And at the end of this month, join industry leaders in Washington, D.C. for the second annual Billington International Cybersecurity Summit. That will be on Friday, March 30th. You can find links to all of these on our event tracker on our website. Google has addressed the Android vulnerabilities exposed in WikiLeaks's Vault 7 dump, but as always, it's likely that a very large number of devices will remain unpatched indefinitely. As observers continue to pick through Vault 7, the emerging consensus is that the operations apparently revealed involved highly targeted foreign intelligence collection as opposed to bulk domestic surveillance that there's so far been no significant release of hacking tools, and that the U.S. ought to rethink vulnerability stockpiling and disclosure policies. In industry news, one of the more anticipated IPOs of the past year and a half has been filed. Okta, a security sector unicorn, is going public. And today, of course, is Patch Tuesday for March 2017. Microsoft deferred last month's patch, and the industry is awaiting the word from Redmond sometime later this afternoon. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst for the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Uh, ben, you know, we've been talking lately, you and I, these stories coming by about people being stopped at the border, both uh, citizens and people who are not citizens, and having their mobile devices searched. Uh, well, Senator Wyden from uh, Oregon has introduced some uh, legislation to address this. So what, what do we need to know about that? So Senator Wyden has sent a letter to the new head of the Department of Homeland Security, John Kelly, talking about his intention to introduce legislation to combat this problem. This legislation will require that Customs and Border Patrol agents have probable cause or obtain a warrant based on probable cause 
to search digital devices. What we've seen are there have been instances at our border crossings where citizens and non-citizens are being asked not only to show their physical device, but to decrypt their phone, to enter their passcode. And this is potentially a major constitutional violation. Of course, normally we know under the Fourth Amendment you have to have a warrant based on probable cause to search somebody's personal devices. There is this warrant exception when it comes to border searches because this is sort of a special government need. We want to make sure that people coming into the country aren't you know, doing anything dangerous. But what Senator Wyden and others have argued, and this also includes advocacy groups like the Electronic Frontier Foundation, is that the special needs exception for border searches is far narrower in scope than what it's being used for. It's being used to gain a wealth of data and information from devices by having people decrypt them when it was intended to just make sure that people weren't bringing dangerous materials into the country. Obviously, the prospects for legislation are very poor. Senator Wyden is in uh, the minority in the Senate. And, you know, he can frequently be a bit of a lonely soul on electronic privacy issues, maybe he and a couple of other senators. So this is more about trying to raise awareness for the issue, I think, than any likeliness of having legislation passed. You know, I I saw earlier this week, I saw someone made the analogy that as it stands right now, the Border Patrol people consider your phone to basically be the same as your suitcase, you know, that they are entitled to go in and, and search around on it. Um, But it struck me that, you know, just as if I have a filing cabinet at my house full of my personal papers, uh, a warrant is required to come in and go through that filing cabinet. Well, in the modern world, what if I have that filing cabinet on Dropbox and I have a copy of Dropbox on my phone? You know, my personal filing cabinet has been extended to my phone and, well, the Border Patrol shouldn't be able to go through my filing cabinet. Absolutely. And I mean, it's the exact same information that they'd be, be seeking in some sort of physical search. Obviously, the metaphor isn't perfect. There isn't a perfect analog for the type of search at issue here. But, you know, you could run into situations where, let's say, the FBI or some some other intelligence agency thought that they could get incriminating information from someone. They didn't have probable cause to achieve it by legal means, waited for the person to leave the country and said, all right, this border exception applies. We can look at your device. We can force you to decrypt it. We can force you to enter your passcode, and we can obtain all of that information. I mean, I think it it's potentially a major constitutional problem. Ben Yellen, as always, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 